the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Five thirty-four, Bruce Hooley Show. Just to put a uh, bow on the Joyce Beatty topic, uh, we had a caller asked, is she going to be treated like the uh, protesters at the Capitol on January 6th? You know, she actually uh, complained today on Sirius XM <laughs> that she was treated worse than the Capitol rioters. Well, she's not in uh, solitary confinement for 23 hours. Maybe she needs a taste of that to uh, find out how ridiculous that view is, as ridiculous or more so than her illogic on voter suppression but i'm done with joyce Beatty for the moment because i want to talk to one of my favorite guests he is Corey deangelis and Corey is on the forefront of fighting for kids and i have three and i'm all about school choice and charter schools and giving our kids the best education possible so is Corey. so it's always a pleasure to have him on Corey, thanks for your time today Hey, thank you so much for having me. So we got good news out of Missouri. We've got the kind of a bill we're looking for. We still don't have one in Ohio. How many states are uh, fully engaged and across the finish line on backpack funding? And what can you tell us about the national movement toward helping kids get better education choices? Yeah, I will say that uh, the teacher unions overplayed their hand over the past year and have done more to advance school choice than anyone could have ever imagined. Advocates of school choice are calling this year the year of school choice because so mm-hmm. many states have put, moved the ball forward when it comes to educational freedom. We have, we're tracking now 17 states this year alone have expanded access to funding students directly or funding students as opposed to systems or what most people call school choice. The latest victory was in, in Missouri. They got their first private school choice program ever. It's an education savings account program. And Ohio actually had included in the budget mm-hmm. expansions of existing programs to make the funding a little bit more on par with what they give the kids in the government schools for their existing scholarship programs. And Ohio actually created a new tax credit scholarship program within the budget this year as well. So there's there's things happening everywhere. I know Ohio also has a backpack bill that will that will move the ball forward even further. Corey DeAngelis is our guest, and uh, Corey has a long, lengthy list of affiliations. He's the executive director at the Educational Freedom Institute. He's with the Reason Foundation. He's the national director of research at the American Federation for Children, and he's an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. So he's a busy man. All these things integrate very, very well, uh, advocating for students and for student choice when it comes to schools. Solve a mystery for me, Corey. We, I saw a figure today, I think it might have been on your Twitter, that the average amount of money that a student in the city of Chicago, the funding for that student is $27,000 a year. In yep. Ohio, I know it's an astronomical number in the city of Columbus and places like that, yet the Ed Choice Scholarship in Ohio, 
Uh, if you qualify 250% of the poverty level or below, it's going to be around $7,500 if you're in high school. So yep. why is the number so much higher for a public school district, but then the parents can't get their hands on that total amount of money to get a kid and pay an entire private school education? Yeah, we'll say in Chicago, those numbers are astronomical, a, a, a huge increase of 34% since 2019. I'm assuming that other districts are going to have astronomical increases this year as well. I just haven't seen budgets for a lot of uh, districts. But we saw the same thing in Los Angeles, a 69% increase in, since 2019. It is much higher than I expected. So on the one hand, when I said earlier that the teacher unions overplayed their hand, that's true and that families are starting to realize that they're powerless when it comes to K-12 education, and the only that power dynamic is to advocate for school choice so that their kids can actually access better alternatives. But in another way, the teachers' unions got what they wanted from the federal government. They're yeah. swimming in cash right now. Mm-hmm. And, what, and to get to the heart of your question when it comes to the, the voucher programs in Ohio, you only get about half of what they spend in the public schools, partially because that's uh, a way to make it politically feasible to happen. The teachers' unions come kicking and screaming whenever there's any disruption to the status quo. And um, so so getting half of the funding is not what, what we want, but it's, it's better than nothing. And um, I think that's a, a way to meet them halfway to be able to make the case stronger to, to get these things done. But as I said earlier, in Ohio – the, the funding amount increased in the in the budget bill this year, so it, it brought it a little bit more on par with what they spend in the public schools, but you're right, nowhere near what they get if, if you were to stay in the public school system. Yeah, Corey DeAngelis, and, and what, go ahead. And you know what that, that, that really tells me is that the public schools are spending twice as much. <laughs> whenever families are given the option to leave, they they take they take that opportunity even though even though they only get about half of their children's education dollars for doing so, that tells me funding isn't the solution because the government schools don't have any particularly strong incentive to spend that money wisely. Families know best, and they're they're willing to get a better education uh, at half the cost in the private sector. Well, there's no doubt about that. And we're speaking with Corey DeAngelis of the uh, Educational Freedom Institute, uh, Reason Foundation, and the Cato Institute. For instance, in Ohio, uh, you can qualify for an EdChoice scholarship. So let's say you have a student in high school. EdChoice scholarship for that student, if you make, as a family, right around $72,000 a year, that's 250% of the poverty level, you're going to get $7,500. You're going to have to pay out-of-pocket still $2,500 to attend a, 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 a private school. I mean, most are around ten grand a year. So you're taking a family that already isn't doing super well, but their parents prioritize the child's education enough to, sure, are they getting help? Yes, but it's that 2500 they have to pay is still a significant expenditure for that family. And it speaks to, I think, the commitment that a family has to have to say, look, we can't really afford this, but... This is important enough for us to find a way to afford it because we're not getting from the public school what we hoped or demand that we get. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it this way, along these lines of the funding mechanisms, the public schools get to keep a ton of the money for students that are no longer educating, yet they still complain about any – 
any opportunities for families to exit their their schools. I mean, just imagine if you stopped shopping at Walmart and started shopping at Trader Joe's, for example, mm. and Walmart got to keep half of your grocery bill each week. That wouldn't <laughs> make any sense, and that would be a great deal for Walmart. I'd, I'd argue this is a great deal for the public schools, too. They should be happy they get to keep any money at all yeah. for students that they're no longer educating. I mean, I live here in D.C., they spend over $30,000 here in D.C. per child per year. Ugh. If you're using the voucher program, the kids using the voucher program come from households that are only around $27,000 on, on average household income. They only get a third of what they would have gotten in the government school system, about $10,000 per student per year. Yet you have the Biden administration coming out trying to uh, get rid of the D.C. voucher program, which disproportionately serves students um, that are identified as African-American and Hispanic and who come from households that have uh, very low uh, average incomes of around $27,000. Wow, that's an amazing sacrifice they're making, but it underscores the importance of it. Corey DeAngelis is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter, at Corey DeAngelis. Let's uh, pursue uh, something that uh, I find very, very interesting about this, and that is that the Democrats always say, oh, we're all about education. They're about teachers. They're not about education, because when we find a district, like here in Ohio, there are districts banding together, public school districts banding together, Cleveland City Schools, Columbus City Schools, Cincinnati City Schools, to join a lawsuit to fight these kinds of private school-friendly, charter school-friendly, ed choice-friendly Uh, agendas in Ohio we talked about. Why are Democrats so anti-school choice? Is it because they just have to do the bidding of the teachers associations and the teachers unions are that anti? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's all about power dynamics. And the Washington Post editorial board just called out Democrats for this. I mean, the headline was, quote, why are unions and Democrats so opposed to giving poor children a choice in education? And they were talking about uh, the D.C. voucher program and the, and the Biden administration could kind of get rid of it. Um, and look, what, what makes it even clearer than ever is is looking at other policies that Democrats tend to support that are very similar. For example, we fund students directly with higher education with so many types of scholarship initiatives, such as uh, the Pell Grant for low-income students. You can the money goes to the to the student, and you can they can pick a public or private, religious or non-religious university. Same thing when it comes to Head Start programs for pre-K, for example. The the funding goes to the family, and the family can choose where to spend that money, whether it's a public or private, religious or non-religious provider of pre-K services. It's only when it comes to K to 12 education where choice becomes an issue, and that's. Only because it threatens an entrenched special interest that profits from getting kids' education dollars regardless of that choice. So they fight really hard, the unions, that is, to to keep the status quo the way that it is, and they disproportionately donate to Democratic political candidates. For example, the American Federation of Teachers, if you look at OpenSecrets.com, the latest election cycle, 99, over 99% of their campaign contributions went to the Democrats. So this is all about power and control. It's not about logic or what's right. No doubt about that. Corey DeAngelis is our guest. Uh, you can find Corey on Twitter, at Corey DeAngelis, and he's with the Reason Foundation. He does a lot of great work for school choice and backpack funding initiatives out there. Uh, that Washington Post editorial that you cited, uh, it notes that 91% of those kids in D.C. who get 
these kinds of uh, grants that help them attend private schools, 91% of them are accepted to two or four-year colleges or universities. That's the kind of success rate that people, in particularly in disadvantaged areas, need. As we close up, Corey, there's a lot of talk. I spent a lot of time talking about critical race theory. I spent a lot of time talking about encouraging parents to run for school board here in Ohio. We've got about two more weeks for people to submit their paperwork to run for school board. Uh, There's a lot of talk out there about the transgender agenda in schools. I just wonder as a general question, you've done this a long time. Is this, have, are we reaching a point where you see more parental involvement, more parental engagement than ever before? Because I would think the more parental engagement there is, the more people are going to support initiatives that you are stumping for. Oh, yeah. Parental involvement's to the roof. I mean, if you look at support for school choice, for example, nationwide, there's been a jump in support, uh, according to a Real Clear Opinion research poll, by ten about 10 percentage point increase since April of 2020. It's now, you know, you have 74 percent of the general public supporting school choice or what I call funding students as opposed to systems. And you can see it everywhere where families are going to school board meetings, becoming extremely engaged to support uh, their type of curriculum in the cl- in the classroom. I will say the best answer to the critical race theory debate and any other debate about curriculum in general, I mean, I, I'm, I, I see a lot of parallels with the Common Core clashes uh, uh-huh. from, uh-huh. from a while ago, is that this is a problem with one-size-fits-all systems, and the only solution is to, the only long-term solution is to fund the student directly so that families can take their children's education dollars to the institutions that align with their own family's values and that could give uh, bottom-up accountability and pressure to the public schools to focus on the basics. If more families can vote with their feet, perhaps the leaders of the public schools will start to focus on uh, just math, reading, and writing. And then we won't have to force our views on on everybody else. Um, This this is a long-term struggle that we've seen in the public school system where people fight with one another to force their views on the entire population. I don't think that's a sustainable effort going forward. The better effort is to allow for freedom rather than force. And I mean, just imagine if we were all residentially assigned to a government-run grocery store and we all had to fight with one another about the one-size-fits-all basket of groceries that everybody had to consume. That wouldn't make any sense, and it similarly doesn't make any sense to force everybody into one system when it comes to education either. So the better way is to fund the student, and empower families to do what's best for their own kids. I think you said that very, very well. That is exactly uh, what I think the right solution is, because, you know, if some people want certain things taught to their kids, look, they should have the freedom for that. But I think uh, backpack funding would solve that for sure. Uh, Corey's Twitter, I correct myself, is at DeAngelis, Corey, D-E-A-N-G-E-L-I-S, at DeAngelis, Corey, E-Y, on Corey. You can also uh, find the American Federation for Children on Twitter at School Choice Now. Corey's with the Reason Foundation. He's also affiliated with the Cato Institute. You're doing great work, and I really appreciate you coming on and lending your perspective to this important issue. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. It's good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Corey DeAngelis. Uh, follow him uh, on Twitter and uh, familiarize yourself with these issues, particularly if you have uh, students in school right now. Uh, funding numbers in for the uh, Senate race in the state of Ohio. And the guy on top is uh, somewhat of a surprise, but I'm not that surprised because of how hard he is working it. Details next on The Bruce Woolley Show. 
5.53 on the Bruce Hooley Show. Appreciate Corey DeAngelis joining us to talk school funding. Appreciate your calls in the early portion of the show today about Congresswoman uh, Joyce Beatty. She's off her rocker uh, contending that she was treated (laughs) uh, more poorly than the uh, January 6th rioters. Um, Hey, as one caller suggested, throw her in a cell and let her sit there for 23 hours in solitary confinement for six months and uh, find out uh, if, in fact, she is being treated worse than those rioters. I don't personally advocate for that, but if you say something stupid like that, then maybe you should be made to realize how stupid you sound. Uh, You're really making a big mistake if you're a business owner and you don't take advantage of the free help from my friends at auinfo.com. They do a phenomenal job helping you with your business, helping you stay in business, helping you offer more to your employees and not charging you for it. They get paid by the insurance companies that you select. They give you options. You pick. No pressure. They're awesome. HR issues can take a business down. One wrong move, one violation of a state law or an edict from the governor. AUI Info is on top of all of those. Chrissy and her staff do a great job. You'll thank me later for introducing you to Chrissy. You'll be amazed how they stay engaged with you. You say, I'm not even paying these people, and they're helping me on a weekly basis, monthly basis. Yes, they are that good at what they do. So look them up online and type your questions into their chat, auiinfo.com. That is auiinfo.com. Bernie Moreno, former Cleveland auto dealer, is atop the second quarter fundraising ladder among candidates for Senator Rob Portman's spot in the U.S. Senate, Moreno raised two and a quarter million dollars in the second quarter of this year through individual donations without, I said without, a boost from his own money. I've had Bernie Moreno on this show twice. Uh, once via the phone, once he happened to be in the area campaigning and he swung in. Uh, We're careful here that we don't overload the show with political guests because, you know, we're staying within the lines of what's allowed by the FCC. uh, And uh, I haven't endorsed anybody. I'm not in a position to do that right now, but I am in a position to make observations about candidates. And my observation about Bernie Moreno is that he does a very good job articulating a story of someone who brings a unique authenticity to his desire to serve in government. Uh, Grew up in Columbia, uh, very familiar with the evils and ills of socialism in Central America. Um, Big-time success in business. He's a technology guy. He's a self-made man. Uh, But he's not half-cocked on social media uh, as... uh, Donald Trump sometimes was wont to be. So uh, I find Bernie Moreno very interesting, and I'm not at all surprised that his campaign is resonating with people who are donating to it. Uh, The biggest contribution from a PAC was $5,000 from uh, Marco Rubio's Reclaim America PAC. Now, Tim Ryan, the uh, only Democrat in the race, uh, brought in $2.1 million, uh, 202 of it, 202,000 of it, through his own congressional campaign. And this is the advantage that a that a swamp monster like Tim Ryan, screaming Tim Ryan, a congressman from the Youngstown area, has going. He's got a political slush fund already, and he can shift money from that into this campaign. 
Uh, he transferred over $1 million from his congressional account, giving him an influx of cash heading into the future of this race. Uh, they'll have a primary in May. At that point, we'll find out if it's Bernie Moreno, Josh Mandel, J.D. Vance, Jane Timken. Those are the front runners on the Republican side, or the big, probably the four biggest spenders and the most uh, well-known candidates. Uh, but Bernie Moreno is working it, man. He is on the road virtually every day. He's on social media. J.D. Vance has the whole kind of outsider buzz, but he's got Peter Thiel Silicon Valley money behind him, uh, which I don't necessarily think is bad. I just, J.D. Vance, I'm not as, I'm not as certain of J.D. Vance's conservative bona fides as I am Bernie Moreno's and Josh Mandel's for that matter. Uh, Mandel's been on the show. Jane Timken's been on the show. So, um, We'll see where it goes from here. But at this point in time, Bernie Moreno is doing very well with his campaign. And we'll see where uh, the others fall as the race develops. Uh, Critical race theory still in the spotlight in Central Ohio education. More on that next. 